Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And Frank, there's only one message I've got for you. <laughs> the Bucks have forced a game seven. They beat the Nets 104-89. We can break all this down, but Frank, that's just cut to the chase right here. With 840 to go in this game, Joe Harris, who hasn't been able to shoot all season long. In fact, I saw a tweet tonight from Carl. Wait, wait, wait. All season long or all series all long? All series long. I saw, <laughs> I'm, I'm flustered right now. I saw a tweet from Carl Rodriguez. He said that Joe Harris is shooting the ball like he's back in the World Championships being defended by a Turkish plumber again. And then all of a sudden, he hits this three to bring the Nets back to 82-77. And I don't think there could possibly be a Bucks fan in the entire world that thought Milwaukee were going to win this game. On the very next possession, Chris Middleton drew a foul on Joe Harris. James Harden inexplicably wanted to... Uh, he, he bullied Steve Nash almost into a, a challenge before Joe Harris said, no, I, I fouled him, okay, James? Just, like, relax a second here. And this was the story of the night. I didn't think the Bucks were going to win this game at that moment. But Chris Middleton, time and time and time again, settled this team down when they desperately needed it. A career postseason high, 38 points for Middleton. I can't believe the Bucks pulled this game out. But Chris Middleton, what a night from him. Yeah, 38 points on, uh, I think, 89% true shooting, uh, which for context, uh, KD put up 49 on 83% true shooting the other night. So I'm not saying it was a better game than, than KD, but um, just a phenomenal performance from, from Chris. I mean, Giannis played very well. This was probably the most, you know, in control we've seen of Giannis, 30 points from him. Um, but Chris was, was really the story. And um, as you said, he, he had the, what, that six-point run, I think it was, at the end of the third quarter. Uh, and then, as you said, drawing that foul on Harris. Uh, and then, you know, later adding a four-pointer uh, on on James Harden, which felt appropriate um, that he would get a four-point play against James Harden later as the Bucks broke it open. Um, yeah, I mean, this this was just a game. I think that um, I, I, I get I get why people would have been really nervous there. I, I, weirdly, I, I I wasn't actually that nervous. I, I don't know. For some That's reason, because you were already, I, you'd already sunken into your own misery, so you weren't feeling <laughs> any emotions at all at that well, point. Well, that's why. I, I was I was on the radio with a uh, friend of the pod, uh, Rami <laughs> Makhlouf from from twelve fifty a.m. and I, I may have uttered the phrase "I'm dead inside" uh, <laughs> on on Milwaukee local sports radio today uh, as a rationale for why I'm you know I wasn't that worried uh, that I'm already dead inside. But but I was I was you know 
kind of joking, man, I'm a Bucks fan, right? 30 years being a Bucks fan, we've been through a lot. But but I don't know. I mean, look, this this game, the enjoyment of this game will have a shelf life of two days. <laughs> you know, that's that's just the way the playoffs are. Uh, if you don't win game seven, you know, how how much will we be able to enjoy this game in hindsight? Maybe not that much, but uh, I think it's I think it's important to I think a give Chris Middleton first and foremost a lot of credit for his performance tonight and stepping up and a guy that you know from at least certain elements of the fan base have, has been criticized for not stepping up in the playoffs or whatever narratives you know that that people like to concoct about Chris and look there's no guarantees that Chris Giannis Drew the Bucks whatever will perform the way we want on Saturday in this game seven but. Uh, you couldn't have asked for a better performance from Chris tonight. Uh, and, you know, five out of eight from three, I think the rest of the team was like two out of 25 or so, something like that. I was looking at the numbers. Exactly Giannis didn't correct. even, yeah. Giannis did not attempt a three. Mm. You know, usually Giannis is tracking down your three point percentages, but um, non Chris Middleton bucks were two for 25 from three-point range tonight, and the Bucks win this game comfortably, 104-89. 112 offensive rating, which is, you know, below their normal average, but in this series, is <laughs> it's terrific for them. It's actually about where they were, I think, last game, too. And another 96 defensive rating game, another terrific defensive performance from the Bucks tonight. And, you know, Chris Middleton outdueled Kevin Durant, who, you know, 32 points from Durant, 11 rebounds, but 15 out of 30. Um he was not going the distance tonight, uh, even before garbage time, played 40 minutes. Uh, and I think, you know, Bucks threw a lot of bodies at him. Giannis saw some time on him, although it was usually on switches. But, um, you know, I thought they did a really nice job team defense-wise against Durant. And I just thought, you know, Chris Chris, and, and to a little lesser extent Giannis, but I thought Giannis was also very good tonight. Um, those guys came through. And, you know, I, I think – as you think about this team and regardless of what happens on Saturday, I think, you know, you, you can't help but think, well, what, what does this series mean for the future of this team? You know, we talked about coaching, we talked about the players, what do they take from this series? If it does in fact, you know, they don't in fact advance. Um, but I, I think there have certainly been, uh, you know, a number of games now, Chris has had two monster games now where I think he's shown us what he's capable of at, you know, on a really big stage against, literally the, the the best wing scorer that maybe any of us certainly have ever seen in Durant and for him to come through with this performance tonight in a game the Bucks had to win to extend their season is just uh it's it's what makes being a fan fun, you know? And so I think again the shelf life will be short, but um absolutely enjoy this game. Bucks fans, it was awesome to see the shots of the Deer District. Looked like oh, yeah. you know awesome. from TV the crowd was was really into this game. You always worry, you know how how is the team going to come out? Are they going to come out tight? Is the fans going to be nervous, etc. Um, but it felt like you know again that even with things getting a little tighter than you'd like early in the fourth quarter, um, you know everybody, team, fans, etc. Uh, responded in the way that that you would have wanted, and um, you know I I don't know. It's like I'm always like hesitant to say like I'm proud of this team, right? It's like look, there are a bunch of super talented, extremely highly paid people that I don't know. Um, but as, as a fan of the team, um, you know, they've taken a lot of shit, much of it deserved over the past few days, past week. And, um, you know, I think just in general, it's encouraging just to see the way that they responded. And, um, you know, they didn't fold up the tent despite everything that went wrong on, on Tuesday. 
So let's talk about shot selection a little bit here on this night, because I do think over the course of this series, still a source of frustration, I think, for Bucks fans is the fact that we're even going to a game seven because it just yeah. feels like some of the some of the opportunities they've wasted in this series, we shouldn't even be in this position to have to go back to Brooklyn and win this uh, one-off game seven. And I think we saw reasons why people would, would have, you know, legitimate claims to their frustrations after watching this offense tonight. I know that it wasn't perfect and we're going to get to Drew Holiday as I have a few of these numbers here, but you already mentioned the fact that Giannis did not shoot a three tonight. And there was no reason for him to shoot a three. Listen, if he's wide open and they throw him a ball and he shoots a catch and shoot, I know he's been better on pull-ups generally, but it doesn't ever feel against this team that he needs to shoot those pull-up threes because we saw tonight he took advantage of his spots. He was also patient and passed the ball well as well, I thought, despite the fact he only had the three uh, assists on the night. But again, as you mentioned, the the three-point shooting probably didn't help him there. But Brooke Lopez as well. Early in this game, they looked like they were more willing to get him roll into the basket and get him involved with quick touches and quick scores. He was four for six from two-point territory tonight, which brings us to Drew. And uh, this is a little bit frustrating throughout this night. I know Twitter was starting to get pretty fired up when the anxiety was rising towards the end of the third quarter and early in the fourth. Again, it just feels like there's a lot of meat left on the bone with some of these shots that the Bucks have been taking through this series. Drew finishes one for 10 from three. Uh, I don't know. I feel like nine of them must have been step backs where he was in isolation and he sort of dribbled, yeah. dribble, dribble, step back, shoot. Clearly wasn't working for him. And the crazy thing about this is he was eight for 11, for, uh, sorry, seven for 11 from two-point territory. And every time he dribbled the ball into the paint, it looked like he was able to use his, his really good change of, of pace that we've, we've marveled at all season long. But not only that, his strength to just score over, around, however he wanted, uh, in the paint and at the basket. So still, as I said, some meat on the bone with this offense. They still only score 104 points. They haven't been able to figure out the three-point shooting either. Is it going to come in Game 7? That's generally not the way Game 7s work over the history of the game. They tend to be grinded out games, which maybe suits the Bucks given the state of their offense. But it still just feels like a lot of it is self-inflicted. They can get better shots, and they can really score against this defense. Let's talk about rockauto.com, Frank. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain or auto parts store to have the stock of all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers, you've got a mobile phone, you can access everything at rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and the prices are reliably low for every customer, which is the best part about it. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box today? Now, we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com today on road to the finals our nba playoffs coverage is brought to you by michelob ultra it's only worth it if you enjoy it and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season you know the questionable shot decision making three-point shooting uh you know which we been mostly seeing from Giannis earlier in the series tonight. That was, that was Drew Holiday, uh, which, you know, I guess 
um, it made sense, you know, given what we always say about Giannis, that Drew was very effective in the paint, getting, getting, you know, close to the basket and scoring. And then, um, you know, just forcing some shots. And then some of those were, were late clock. I think, you know, what we saw some of the, the poor shot selection from him was I think reflective of, of something we've talked about, which is that, you know, even when the Bucks start possessions with the right types of actions, if they don't work or if there's just a switch and they don't get kind of the reaction that they're looking for, then it just kind of like descends into like just immediate isolation and just not great uh, end results. Right. And you just force, force Giannis, Chris or Drew to have to, you know, really create something from nothing rather than continuing to run like secondary actions, things like that. So, um, so yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I think there was absolutely still a lot of room for improvement. Um, you know, I think that the shooting obviously, um, you know, if, the three-point shooting, if the three-point shooting is anywhere close to, you know, kind of average, then that probably masks a lot of, you know, th- those frustrations. I think we saw, again, you know, the lack of um, crispness in terms of attacking Harden, um, you know, still some some questionable stuff there. Uh, you know, Chris, as, as well as he played, I mean, 10 rebounds, five assists, five steals. Um, you know, he had some turnovers uh, that that fueled a bit of the run from uh, from from Brooklyn as well. But um, but yeah, so I think there were still some problems there. But I don't know. What, what do you think of Giannis tonight? Well, I thought that he took advantage of of what was there. And I, t- I tell you what, hey, we don't get to do this very often, so let's give him some credit. From the seven thirty mark of the fourth quarter until uh, he checked out at the four forty five mark of the fourth quarter. He scored seven points in that stretch of the Bucks' uh, 12-2 run, I believe it was, that, that really ended the game. That came after those Chris Middleton free throws. But he was three for three from the free throw line, and they were perfect. He still took longer than 10 seconds. Let's be clear about that. But the actual shot, perfect swish. So give Giannis credit for hitting some fourth-quarter free throws there. But, you know, I, I, I thought... I mean, that's the type of game I want to see. I thought there was even some periods where he was he was in the mid-range where he's like, okay, I'm going to shoot this mid-range jumper. Instead, he kept the dribble alive, was able to get into deep positions because there was one possession during the, I'm going to say, maybe it was the second quarter where James Harden, the one where the broadcast made a big deal about the fact that he stripped Giannis on the spin move at around the free throw line, but then held up the play because he wasn't able to run in transition. And I think that that's where Giannis gets himself in trouble when he tries to go to that spin move way too far from the basket. That's when he allows the help to come there. But I thought that he made quick decisions when he had one-on-one matchups, whether it was Jeff Green, whether it was Blake Griffin. And, and look, look, we know they, they can't stop him. So rather than bail him out with the turnaround jump shot, rather than pull up for a straight-on mid-range jump shot, get in there, use that little hook shot, push shot. It's not exactly the most fluid hook shot I've ever seen, but he's actually just able to use his size and length that even when the defender is in really, really good position, when he's not in a situation where his momentum is going downhill and he's going to charge into the defender, he can actually just jump and almost drop the ball in the basket on top of them. And, th- and there's nothing they, they can do. So I thought that was the blueprint. I, I don't necessarily need to, him to not shoot a three at all. Like I don't look at that stat and say, okay, that signifies a good game. I just thought he was a little bit more patient, less out of control, and just get into spots where they can't do much about it. I thought it was encouraged. I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, I don't think like Giannis needs to just like you know, not shoot another three the rest yeah. of the playoffs or something like that. Um, I, I think though, I, I agree. I think it was in many ways just encouraging that like he had the discipline to play like very clearly within himself. Hmm. Um, so I thought that was kind of the encouraging part, which is like, you know what? I'm just not going to do that, you know? And, 
And, and it looked like he wanted I, to I thought, a couple of times. Like he, he you yeah, know when he does yeah. that that hesitation. It's like, oh my goodness, he's about yeah. to, and, and he, he did it. Yeah, when he gets like the ball in, the, in his left hand, that's yeah. that's when you know that he's trying to get a rhythm dribble. Um, I thought it, it was interesting. Jeff Green, thank God, uh, came back down to earth as a shooter tonight. Two out of nine, one out of four from three. Um, it just seems like when Giannis sees Jeff Green in front of him, I, I feel like Jeff Green is like the best possible scenario for Giannis to see because it's like with these small guys, they can move laterally pretty well and like, you know, hard and strong and like just knows how to kind of matador. And like, it's almost like Giannis, like he doesn't know those guys well enough to like attack them effectively. But Jeff Green, like, it, you know, it, it, Green's, if, if Green doesn't line him up for a charge, which he's, he's tried to, and I think tonight he tried to get him a couple times and, and failed and got blocks, blocking calls on him. Um, he just doesn't have the kind of strength and length to just not get kind of overwhelmed. Like it just felt like Giannis just like went at him in the next thing. Like there was that one play, I think it was in the second quarter where like Giannis just like turbo dribbled at him and just like went for a lefty layup. And it was just like, how did you teleport that attack into a layup? Like Jeff Green was just like right in front of you and just turned into a lefty layup, you know? Um, so I, I think that's an interesting matchup because as, as good as Green has been, he's been a great piece for, for the Nets. I, I feel like, Blake Griffin just gives them a much better chance defending Giannis one v one, but obviously Green is is generally a more dangerous player offensively. So it's it's interesting sort of some of the trade offs um, between those guys. I mean, of the starters, Blake played thirty one minutes, and was by far the best in terms of plus minus minus seven. Uh, Duran and Joe Harris were both minus twenty five. Um, so it, it does feel like like Giannis has, has gotten hopefully carries over ways that that maybe he has a little bit harder time doing against Blake just because again I think Blake just is more used to defending Giannis is more used to defending closer to the basket and you know is just stronger (laughs) fundamentally than than Jeff Green who's just a little bit smaller and obviously just not as strong so yeah shout out to Giannis and um you know it looked like his hip was bothering him um I think it was early in the fourth and he only scored two points in the third quarter and you're kind of wondering like hmm okay 19 in the first half two in the in the third quarter felt like he was starting to set a little bit for jump shots and then he kind of went on that run in the fourth quarter. He ends up scoring nine points in the quarter. You mentioned um, hits three out of three from the line. He was just the arc just seemed to be much higher on his or pronounced on his free throws uh, during that period. Um, so obviously, you know, yeah, I mean, the way this series has been going to get 30 points and, you know, fourth quarter finishing and free, throw, <laughs> free throws going down, Rihanna still only six out of 10 overall, but um you know, hard, hard to complain about it. And I thought, you know, all the talk about him defending KD, it's not like they just like said, okay, Giannis, you're guarding KD for this quarter or something like that. But um, we did see Giannis on KD at times. Uh, We saw him on switches at times, which I think a key thing was Brooke Lopez today plays 30 minutes, didn't play at all in the fourth. I know we were just DMing with, with Eric and Dean and others kind of like about the game a little bit. And I was like, did Brooke not play in the fourth? It didn't feel like he played in the fourth. And that was something I, I, you know, complained about last time. And um, I just think they just seemed more comfortable against that super small lineup that the Nets were rolling out there. I don't think Blake was playing. I think it was, you know, pretty much just Green and Durant, et cetera, um, out there. So, uh, so yeah, I think, um, I think just defensively, I, I thought the approach was just generally better. Um, you know, KD still got going at times, didn't have any problems shooting over uh, True Holiday in particular, but um, Giannis did get on a few times, and it, it did seem like Giannis's length bothered him 
a few times. There was that shot right at the beginning of the fourth quarter where mm-hmm. Giannis got him. I think it was on a switch on a uh, on a screen, and uh, KD just airmailed a, a, a you know not not a wide open three, but Giannis got a contest and it was an airball, which you know that's, that's pretty good, pretty good result if if, uh, if KD's airballing a fourth quarter fourth quarter shot and you know two out of eight from three, seven turnovers. I thought they crowded him really well, um, and you know you look at the 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 turnover numbers. 16 turnovers for the for the Nets. Uh, Bucks have uh, 12 steals. Holiday and and Middleton both four for Drew, five for Middleton. No surprise. 26 fast break points. 26 to four fast break edge for the Bucks. That was also a common thread with uh, Game Four, where they got out had a big advantage in terms of forcing turnovers. Pat Connaughton in that game. Um, you know, I thought they just did a really nice job of crowding KD. Timely uh, slaps uh, of uh, uh, to, uh, of the ball. Um, Harden had four turnovers as well, um, and you know, again, just as painful as the Bucks and as grinding as the Bucks offense in the half court can be at times. Obviously, just they're going to look a lot better when when they can force those occasional turnovers, which you know is not their game. They're not like a high turnover team, um, but especially when they go small and they can switch. And they're not just playing that conservative zone drop style. Um, you know, they can pressure the ball. And Drew, Drew obviously is a guy that can get a lot of steals. Giannis, obviously, long limbs, didn't have any steals tonight, but he's obviously capable of getting in passing lanes. And Middleton deserves a lot of credit for, you know, the active hands he showed. Um, he was obviously a big part of uh, the, the group that, that defended uh, KD along with PJ Tucker. So, um, I mean, that's kind of the, one of the things, too, right? Like, Obviously, the Nets have not been at full strength here this series, but um, regardless of opponent who was out there, by and large, you know, I mean, game two, game five, obviously, ultimately, the defense could not stop the Nets, you know, at the end of the day in those games. But I think for the most part, you know, you look at this as an aggregate series and the fact that you've got Kevin Durant on the other side, you had Kyrie for three and a half games and even this version of James Harden. Um Bucks defense has done their part, right? I mean, I think when we do the postmortem on this series, who knows what happens in Game Seven? But if the Bucks don't win this series, you know, it's it's obviously going to be an offensive story and just a frustration over the offense and some of the points you just were, were talking about. But um, you know, we'll see one one more game to to see what will define the narrative of, the, of this series. It's Built Bar time, Frank, and uh, hopefully everyone's stuck with their lucky Built Bar before the game tonight. Another win for the Bucks. Now they're going to take it on the road. Did you know Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. That's nine flavors, I think. If you can't choose which one you want, you can get a mix box and you'll get two of each. So that's the best part about it if you're just introducing your taste buds to Built Bar. They're good for you. Only 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Uh, we've got a pretty good deal for you guys as well. You just have to go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Go to some post-game reaction here now. Our uh, great friend, Eric Name, has tweeted this out, which makes this very easy for me to do. I thought it was interesting after game five when Giannis said that Kevin Durant was 
the best player in the world. And just to follow up on your point about the defense just quickly, so the Bucs have kept the Nets under 100 points three of the last four games. The one time that they got over 100, they needed Kevin Durant to have literally a historic postseason performance. So hats off to the Bucs defense. They've done a great job, despite the fact, as you mentioned, they've been shorthanded. There's no question there. But this is P.J. Tucker. And again, referencing that uh, Giannis mentioned that Kevin Durant was the best player in the world, some people were, to me, very oddly annoyed by that. I mean, it's just... Giannis is an honest guy. If you remember back to before the postseason, he said, I don't even know if things are going to be different in this playoffs. We'll see when we get there. That's just the way that he is. For me, I wouldn't change that about Giannis. That's what I enjoy about when I am fortunate enough to get the chance to speak to him or when you listen to his media availabilities. I love how open he is. But this is PJ Tucker. He says, it's the playoffs, man. I don't know what people think. We dream about this our whole lives. You dream about being in the playoffs and guarding the best player in the world. Like, I'll die out there. I'm living my dream. I'm not backing down from nothing. I'm fighting for every inch. I don't understand. Everybody is like all this little stuff. Me and Kevin fight every year. I've guarded him every year in the playoffs. Golden State, Oklahoma City, doesn't matter. Regular season, playoffs. I love guarding him. I enjoy it. He's the best scorer I've ever seen in my life. I told Rick Barnes on his visit when he was in junior high school, He's going to be the best player I've ever seen in my life. It's incredible quotes. And Eric says, watch the whole uh, PJ Tucker postgame if you have the opportunity. That's going on as we're recording this. I didn't jump in um, with this one. But yeah, PJ Tucker, man. I, I, I just, we spoke after game two when the Bucks lost. I mean, they were down by 50 points in game two. And I've said this before. I've acknowledged it. I was questioning whether you go to Middleton, and we've seen Middleton have some great defensive possessions on Kevin Durant just purely for the length because we've seen it. I mean, there's there's occasions where you literally can't do fucking anything on this guy. Like, he's just... <laughs> he's not even human. He hit a jump shot today on Drew Holiday that literally made me fall off my couch. I couldn't believe what I was watching. But PJ Tucker... I mean, he said that we're dogs. I don't know about the rest of the Bucks, but he's a dog. That man is a dog. I, I, I can't believe what we've seen from PJ Tucker in this series. I will, I've got so much respect for this guy, honestly. It's been brilliant to watch. And like you said, win or lose in Game 7, uh, he is, he, he's forever going to be high on my respect levels for a guy that, that is able to leave it all out on the floor. It's, it's incredibly fun to watch. Yeah, a game high plus 30. From PJ Tucker. Um, <laughs> what do you have? Three points. <laughs> three points. One out of six from the field. And yeah, this is kind of one of those things. It's just like it's like remarkable how much. And I, part of it's just like you know, as fans, like I get it. Like everybody's like emotional, and there's like people are swinging wildly, you know, from game to game. But it was like I, a couple people tweeted at me stuff like just like oh, like Tucker hasn't been able to guard Durant, uh, like get him off, like oh, he's getting outscored. Like, like guys, like are we are we this like? Are we all goldfish? Like, like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, just watch. Wait, like, did you watch like games three and four? Like, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I I still like part of me is just like, look, I get it. There were certain things the Bucks could have done differently. I obviously like we talked about it, in especially in the fourth quarter. You know, it, it is what it is, right? But um. Uh, yeah, I, I think what Tucker has given you, win or lose this series, he's given you what you were looking for when you made that trade. And, um, you know, I, I was glad to see the Bucks going small in that fourth quarter. Um, you know, I, I'm just thinking about some plays. There was, I think it was, I forget who was in the action with, with PJ and Giannis. It was KD, I think, had the ball. And it was a screen and roll, and, and KD tried to throw a little 
um, slip pass, bounce pass. Jeff um, Green it was, yeah. And yeah, and PJ just picked it off and they went the other way. And, um, you know, it just, it just, just felt like defensively the Bucks were just in better control of things tonight. And, um, you know, you look at the box score, we talked so much about fouls. I think last game it was 24 Bucks fouls, 19 uh, Nets fouls. Tonight, 13 fouls on the Bucks, 18 fouls on the Nets. Bucks shoot 28 free throws, hit 23 of those. Nets, 8 out of 14. Um, so Zach Zarba, being from Brooklyn, did not... <laughs> <laughs> how not, i woke up to this frank let me just up. say this how the hell bucks fans have watched games for years on year on year on year on year how could you possibly come to the conclusion that because a ref is from brooklyn that's what's going to cost you in a game of basketball i mean we're, we've all been watching for long enough it doesn't matter where these guys are from they could be from zimbabwe and, and if it, it they could they could still screw you i i was i was i was laughing at that when i woke up i gotta say that well especially especially because zach zarba grew up in brooklyn do you know who, who you know what team was not in brooklyn when zach yeah. zarba was growing up yeah, literally yeah. the nets just got there like you know yeah like he, maybe he lives there fine I, I i'm not worried about zach zarba loving the brooklyn nets because they are close to his house or whatever um you know and, and again you can criticize zach zarba for you know his officiating whatever it might be but um you know especially in a game look let's be honest guys it's a game six okay i get it you know especially with the history of the sixers series from 20 years ago i get it you know there's there's always that concern of the NBA doesn't want Milwaukee in a finals, especially relative to a team like Brooklyn and the star power they have. But let's be honest, like this is a game six. I think the NBA would rather have a game seven than, than no game seven. Like, you know, if you're going to play conspiracy theory, like you, I think also have to, <laughs> to acknowledge that piece of it. Yeah. Um, so again, game seven, I'm already prepared for kind of like the pre, you know, whoever gets announced as the officials, like, and this is not just a Bucks fan thing. Like this is like every fan base assumes that, every official is out to just screw their team. You know, it's like, Oh, Tony brothers is, is officiating. Oh, we're screwed. It's like, well, I mean, Tony, the bucks had Tony brothers, Scott Foster and Ed Malloy in a single game in game four. <laughs> and they won that game pretty easily. So, you know, it's, it's look, you know, officiating is like a whole, there, there's a whole discussion to be had there, but um, you know, I let's just acknowledge the officials did not screw the bucks over tonight. Um, I, I don't know that it was really the, the same type of hand-to-hand combat that, you know, Steve Nash got all, uh, you know, bent out of shape about in game four. I, I don't know that it was, this was like a super physical game. I thought the Bucks were just, had really good intensity. I think they were just crisper defensively, um, certainly than, than last game and, and even some of the games earlier in the series where maybe they had a fair bit of luck, um, or, you know, had, had, had good results, but, um, but but either way, um, you know, hopefully we will not be talking about officiating after the game on Saturday. But um, yeah, I, I just thought it was you know just a really strong defensive performance from from the Bucks, and um, you know, uh, Brook Lopez didn't play much. Did have three blocks. I thought he you know played well when he was in there. But when there wasn't anybody for him to guard, which was my complaint last game in the fourth quarter, he wasn't in the game. So. Good job, bud. Way to learn something. All right. As we wrap this up, uh, just to 
to put a bow on some of those minutes numbers as well, because I, I know you already mentioned, and it actually threw me off. There was a period in the, it was either late in the first or early in the second where I was looking around the court and I was like, do I, do I need to put my glasses on here? Why can't I find Kevin Durant on the floor? He was actually on the bench. If he hadn't have gone to the bench with five minutes to go in the game, he still would have been around the 45 minute mark as would have James Harden. And for the Bucks players that went out with around 4.30 to go, uh, Giannis, Chris, and Drew all would have topped 45 minutes. And again, my Twitter mentions were bombarded with Bobby Porter stuff. I'm just looking at this series and wondering on a night like tonight why there is so much eagerness for Bobby Porter to even play. It doesn't, it doesn't really make a, make a lot of sense to me. I, I don't have an issue with it. I understand that he's a super, super popular player and for good reason, but I haven't found myself during this series saying, geez, man, get Bobby Portis out on the floor. That's going to make the difference, particularly on a night where the Bucks were in front by double digits for the majority of the game. So uh, I know people love Bobby. I know they want him on the floor, but I, I just have to say that I have not found myself wondering why he wasn't on the floor. It makes sense when you have PJ Tucker guarding Kevin Durant at the four position for much of the night that if there's going to be someone pushed out, it's going to be a big. And as you already mentioned just there, Frank, they obviously went small down the stretch. Uh, I have to mention our friend Peter Bukowski and his show Locked On today. I'll be on the show tomorrow. I jumped on and did a quick little spot with him after the final buzzer in this game. But you can get all the sports, you, all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. My final thought from this game, Frank, is James Harden. Now, yes. This, I was about to say, like, I, I wanted to make sure we, like, complained about... This like, fucking guy. James, James Harden, like, doing, like... Like, he, he contorts his body into, like, a pac, like, like a Pac-Man shape. Like, he throws his arms out, his legs out. Um, and, and, like, every freaking three-pointer, he's going down to the ground. It's just, like... I, I just hate it. I mean, I just, it's just so annoying. And look, I get it. There's gamesmanship. Like every team does some of this kind of stuff, but it's so pronounced the way he's just, and it's, you know, his, him being physically limited is making it worse. I think, cause he knows he has to really hunt the bullshit. Right. And he already hunted bullshit even when he was hundred percent physically. And it's just oh. so bad right now. It's it's infuriating. Honestly, this guy is super talented, great scorer. There's no question. But watching him play, it just literally not, not many things get me fired up. Everyone that listens to this show knows this. But watching this guy, the way he carried on tonight, complaining about every foul, complaining that every foul that the Bucks got, and then you see him three seconds later. Like I think that I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the injury report for Game Seven with whiplash. Honestly, that's how hard he was throwing his head back every single time. I was almost going to text my friends at Fiserv Forum and tell them to turn the air conditioning down the way that he was hitting the floor. It's just absurd. I, I just, it's unwatchable. I mean, I, I just, I can't stand it. And I, and I hate the fact that on multiple occasions tonight, he literally just got rewarded for complaining. It's, I, it's just, it's very difficult to watch. He, he is, I don't know how people like him. I don't know how people enjoy watching him play because it's, it's absolutely fucking brutal. Well, my wife, who's a Rockets fan, now hates him. So if, if anybody was, was curious where, you know, Frank's wife, the Rockets fan, came out on James Harden at this stage, uh, she is, is very anti-James Harden. See what happens with Kyrie Irving as well. I mean, who knows there? He stayed in Brooklyn, has been getting treatment. It wouldn't surprise me if they tried to throw him out there if he was even 
uh, close to healthy because to be quite honest the fact that the nets are openly just saying yeah Harden is playing at you know whatever the percentage is i've never really seen a hamstring treated like this it's it's quite remarkable actually that he's out there playing but he had an impact tonight there's no doubt about that and he's definitely going to piss us off in game seven i can guarantee that that's at 7 30 p.m central time saturday night i'm tipping milwaukee is going to be going bonkers on saturday night i'm definitely jealous that i'm not there i'll be here on sunday morning probably having a coffee watching the game a little bit different atmosphere here in australia than it is in milwaukee but it's going to be a lot of fun Uh, we'll be back after that game it's the weekend no podcast tomorrow but you can enjoy this one a couple of times if you want to it's always good to soak in a playoff win and the bucks give themselves another life they're going to brooklyn for a chance to reach the conference finals for the second time in three seasons to face the Atlanta Hawks, perhaps. Who would have thought that that was going to be the matchup? We'll see what happens in Game 7. We'll be back for a post-game pod. Enjoy the game if you can. We'll speak to you guys then. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.